Hello, and welcome to the Embassy City Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Now here's Pastor Tim. What's up, everybody? Come on, make some noise if you're glad to be in the building. Boy, can we give it up for Embassy City kids? Come on now. Well, I couldn't contain myself. I said, I want a piece of that. That was really good. Um, if this is your first time, we want to say welcome to Embassy City. As you can see, the Shekinah glory is still in the building. <laughs> uh, but we are so glad that you're here, and we pray that you get everything that you need and want from the Lord. And to those that are joining us online, our Vitamin E family, we want to say welcome to you. Thank you so much for watching with us and being with us. We're so glad that we get to do this with people all around the world. Come on, make some noise for that. I also want to recognize a group of people that helped to make these services happen, and those are our ambassadors. So if you're new to Embassy City, we call our serve team ambassadors because we're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And that's from parking lot to greeting, worship, tech, um, prayer teams, kids ministry, all around people are serving. Literally hundreds of people are giving of their time, treasure, and talents. And I just want to say thank you so much for giving of yourselves to make this experience great. Can we give it up for all those? Come on. And then one more plug before we get into this word. Um, next week, we get the opportunity to celebrate and honor Tim and Juliet for the years of ministry here as they transition into their new assignment. And so today is the last day to register. So if you haven't registered for the event, make sure that all information is right there. Make sure you register today. I've already gone out, got my outfit, <laughs> and I checked it twice. Need to do a little bit of tailoring, but I'm planning on being there flying in style. So get your outfit. It's a good excuse to go shopping. But be there. It's going to be a good time, all right? So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Genesis chapter 12, the book of Genesis chapter 12. While you're turning there, let me give you a little bit of background on this message. This message is very different for me, uh, a different type of message that I would normally preach in this holiday season. Normally, it would be Christmassy and something like holiday-ish, but this is a very different message. And the way... I got this message as Pastor Tim preached a couple weeks ago on the amazing ambiguity of Abraham. Phenomenal message. And while he was preaching, something stood out to me in the passage that he was reading, and God was like, that's what you're going to teach on. So we're going back to Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1, and then we're going to go to Genesis 13, verse 14. So Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, here it says, Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred, or your kinfolks, and your father's house to a land that I will show you. Let's go to chapter 13, verse number 14. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him. Now, anytime we read the scriptures, every phrase, every scenario is very important, so we have to pay close attention to why this is in the passage. So, God begins to speak to Abram, but only after Lot had separated from him. He said, lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and to your offspring forever. 
I will make your offspring as the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Arise, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron, and there he built an altar to the Lord. So today, I want to teach you how to identify and deal with toxic family members. in this holiday season. So buckle up, buttercup. So, so let's, let's create a, let's, let's just get a working definition of a toxic person, okay? So we know who we're dealing with. A toxic person is anyone whose behavior adds negativity and upset to your life. Many times, people who are toxic are dealing with their own stresses and traumas. Now, there are two extremes of toxic people. On the one extreme, you have those who have trauma and drama in their past and they haven't dealt with it and they don't wanna deal with it. On the other extreme, you have those that have gone through drama and trauma and they use that as an excuse for their toxic behavior. Those are the two types of people that we're going to talk about, okay? Now, anybody here have any toxic family members? Some of y'all are nervous about raising your hand. I see some couples out there. Holiday season, I deal with a toxic person every day. <laughs> we all got somebody in our family, that one person in every family, right? It could be that crazy aunt, that inappropriate uncle, <laughs> that overbearing mom, that deadbeat dad. Every family has got somebody. And you may be here watching online, you're like, you know what, not our family, we ain't got that problem at all. <laughs> the one who smelt it, <laughs> dealt it. <laughs> So we're going to talk about this. And so for the sake of this message, my title for today is, You May Have a Lot to Deal With. Now some of y'all are going to get this on the way home, but it's a double entendre. You may have a lot to deal with, more than a little, or you may have an actual lot, a person to deal with. So we're going to talk about how to deal with toxic people, Okay. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for allowing us to be here. Help us in the next few moments to understand through the scriptures how to deal with toxic types of individuals. Let your will be done in this service. Help us to walk out of here educated by your word on how to proceed into the holiday season with peace. We give your name all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Anybody know the difference between, between uh, in-laws and outlaws? Outlaws are wanted. Of course, I'm talking about your in-laws, not mine. Love you, mom, dad. <laughs> so you may be like, I don't know if I'm dealing with toxic people. Let, well, well, let me help you. Let, let's calibrate and let's find out if you are actually dealing with a toxic 
person. If you got to pregame before every family event, seven shots in the driveway <laughs> before you walk in, you may be dealing with a lot. If you got to take that uh, special medicine <laughs> in order to deal with those crazy family members, you may be dealing with a lot. If you got to get pre-counseling, <laughs> mid-counseling, and post-counseling just to deal with your family's antics, you may be dealing with a lot. If you're at the party and you have made your 12th trip to the spiked eggnog just to deal with Uncle Vernon, I just feel like Uncle Vernon is the one. You may be dealing with a lot. If you are sick when it comes to every event so that you can't make it to any family event because it always happens to be that you're sick, you may be dealing with a lot. Now, now, if you're not doing any of those things, but everyone around you is doing a thing, you may be a lot. The reality is that a lot of people deal with lots. And here's the thing. The holiday season is joyful for a lot of people, but it's also very stressful and anxiety-ridden for a lot of people. And that's because... The family unit is very complicated. It's very difficult to navigate the family unit because here's the thing. The, a, a family unit is a system, and a system has rules and regulations and expectations. And if you're part of your family system, the moment that you become different than what is expected of you, you upset the system. Every system has an equilibrium. It has a balance. But generally, family units don't allow for much of your own personality to grow outside of the context of what has been established as this is just our family. This is the Rivers family. This is how we do it. We are the Johnsons. We are the Joneses. We don't do that. But then you go to college. And you have a different experience. And you meet somebody different. And your worldview changes. Now you come to the next holiday season. And you think that you can share your opinions. <laughs> next thing you know, an argument ensues. Mama's crying. Daddy's mad. Your brother is leaving early. All of a sudden, a family reunion is supposed to be so beautiful. turns out to be a mess. Why? Because you messed up the equilibrium by being yourself. Now, you may be saying like, Lord, is it just me or does everybody have this drama? <laughs> everybody has drama. And it may have been the generation before you, but every family got some drama. And, and we know this to be true because when we look through scripture, the very first family unit had drama. God creates Adam and Eve, places them in the garden, says be fruitful, multiply, replace the earth, subdue it, have dominion. Adam and Eve are doing their thing. And then guess what happens? Eve eats of the fruit. She gives to Adam. Adam eats of the fruit. Seven comes into the world. Then God shows up and goes, Adam, what have you done? What does Adam do? The woman, this toxic woman that you gave me. God says to Eve, yo, what happened? She's like, 
this serpent, this toxic serpent that you allowed in the garden. And finger begin, fingers begin to point. This is why I want to go back to the story of Abraham and Lot. And I want to show you through uh, scripture why I believe that Lot is a toxic person and why he affected Abraham. And I think through evaluating the story, we get um, ammunition or we get equipped on how to deal with toxic individuals. So in order to be able to deal with a toxic individual, we first have to be able to identify a toxic individual. So if you're taking notes, write this down. How to spot a lot. <laughs> how to spot a lot. Number one, a lot will weigh you down. All right, let's look at the story of uh, Abraham and Lot and get some context because we first have to figure out how did this relationship start in the beginning, right? So Abraham's father, his name was Terah. Terah had at least two sons, Abraham and another son named Haran. Haran apparently at some point died and Haran had a son. He left a son named Lot. So when Haran died, Terah Lot's grandfather, Abraham's father, began to take care of Lot. Then Terah dies. Now this leaves Abraham as the patriarch of his family, so he begins to take care of Lot. Are you following me? This is now we see that Abraham is taking care of his nephew. Now, when you read scripture, it seems as though we're dealing with Abraham, who's 75, and Lot, who we think is much younger. But according to scripture, Haran, Abraham's brother, was about 70 years older than Abraham. So most likely the case was Lot was at least Abraham's age or older. <laughs> Let's change the whole story for y'all, right? We're not talking about some young, innocent boy that didn't have no father. We're not talking about somebody who didn't have the ability to work. We're talking about a grown man in his 70s that's like, who's going to take care of me now? <laughs> Lot is a grown. He is the same age as Abraham, and yet he allows Abraham to take care of him as if he's some little child. Now, why is that? Because Lot used his trauma of losing a father and grandfather to put weight on Abraham, who really didn't have to have the responsibility, but because he wouldn't take responsibility for his own life, he didn't mind putting it on Abraham's life. This is how you know you're dealing with a toxic person. If that person has the ability to work, to get free, to, 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 to hear counseling, to do that, and they don't do it because they would rather weigh you down, you may be dealing with a toxic person. If you get to the family holiday, and every holiday... They don't mind asking you for money, but they refuse to work. You may be dealing with a lot. So Lot does not mind being a grown man, <laughs> looking at his uncle and going, is you going to be my daddy? <laughs> We're not talking about a child. This is embarrassing. And toxic people will do embarrassing things because they're toxic. They don't mind putting all their drama and all their weight on you. They may be single, don't have a single person that's dependent on you, but they want you with a full family to take, them, take care of them. Well, that got personal with somebody right there. So number one, the way to spot a lot is a lot will weigh you down. Here's number two. A lot is a leech. 
What's a leech? A leech is a parasite. And the way a leech lives is it attaches itself to a living organism. And it sucks the lifeblood out of it for its own survival. But it gives nothing in return but bacteria and infection. How do you know you're dealing with a toxic person? If every time you're around them, they are pulling the lifeblood out of you. They are, they are using you. They always got to have you. They want you to be on call 24-7. They're always pulling from you, but they're never giving anything in return. Look at Abraham and Lot. So the scripture says, God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I want you to leave your country, your kindred, and your father's house. Now, let's break this down. The country, easy. Geography. I want you to leave your location. I want you to leave your kinfolks. Easy. Cousins, all of them, let's go. Why would God, in addition to kinfolks, add in your father's house? Because his father was dead at that point. The only one left in his father's house was Lot. Because if you look at the order, Terah was taking care of Lot. And Lot was in the household of Terah, who is Abraham's father. So God says preemptively to Abraham, what I'm going to do with you requires for you to separate yourself from the location you're at, from the peripheral family, and from this joker. <laughs> and he doesn't do it. So initially, when, when the scripture tells Abraham to leave, right? God tells Abraham to leave. The Bible says that Abraham gathered all of his belongings, his wife, his things, and Lot. Why? Because he felt obligated and guilty to take care of this joker. Right? Then he leaves. And then several times after that, the Bible doesn't say that Abraham is pulling him, but the Bible says that Abraham leaves and Lot went with him. You know what a leech does? It just follows you wherever you go, trying to take the blessings that actually belong to you. A leech does not mind attaching themselves to you as long as you got living blood running through your veins. They will attach themselves and run you dry. That's how you know you're dealing with a toxic person. Here's number three. A lot will affect your morality. Y'all don't want this smoke, but I'm just the messenger. So let's look at Lot and Abraham again. Lot and Abraham are doing their thing, right? They get to a famine. There's a famine in the land. Abraham's like, I got to go to Egypt because Egypt has grain for us. So he goes, and the Bible says Lot went with him. This leech is just following him everywhere. They get to Egypt, and before they enter in, Abraham's like, oh, man. My wife is so fine, so hot, so right that they're going to, these Egyptians are going to look at her and they're going to want her and then they'll kill me, which makes her a widow. Then it's legal for them to marry her. So he goes, hey, Sarai, listen, to spare my life, when we go there, when they ask about you, you tell them that you are my sister instead of my wife. So they go. She says, I'm his sister. You know, Pharaoh went got Sarai, God was like, you ain't doing this fam, you know, wakes up in the middle of the night, then he's like, hey, what's up, and they're like, actually, that's his wife, and then the whole scenario gets a little weird, because then Pharaoh gives him all this stuff, and says, be on your way, now, now, why would Abraham, who's supposed to be a righteous man, 
who is following after the voice of God by faith get to Egypt and make an immoral decision about his wife instead of trusting God to take him through Egypt. Because you are who you're around. You are what you eat. If you want to lose weight, you can't be eating burgers every day because you eventually will turn into a burger. <laughs> how do we, how, and here, the reason why I believe that Lot is the one that affected the morality of Abraham is because when Lot and Abraham finally separated, where did Lot go? He went to Sodom, the most immoral place encountered in the Bible. When he finally had his own decision, to make his own path, he chose an immoral place, which means that it is in his heart the whole time. And when it's in his heart, he was affecting Abraham's morality. Can I tell you that if you do things that are uncharacteristic of you because you're around this person, that person is toxic. If you get to the holiday event and you never have a problem drinking, but every time you get around them, you get drunk and then you, you lose sight of what happened that night, that's a toxic person. If they can call you and cause you to do things that are uncharacteristics of you, you may be dealing with a toxic person. The way to identify and spot a lot is they will affect your morality. Here's another way that you can spot a lot. A lot will steal your peace. A lot will steal your peace. Let's go back to Abraham and Lot. So they've been rolling together for probably, the scripture doesn't really tell us. Uh, there are two, there's two events that took place. God speaking to Abraham at 75. We know that he was connected with Lot left. And then at the age of 86 is when Abraham had Ishmael. So somewhere between then is where they had this breakup. They had this, uh, what was going on between Lot and Abraham is their herdsmen were in conflict with one another because the land could not support both of their herds. So when they were in conflict, the herdsmen were in conflict, the scripture says that Abraham goes to Lot and says, hey Lot, um, there's no peace here because of your herdsmen and my herdsmen, they're in conflict with one another. And this is a perfect example of a toxic person because a toxic person will disrupt the peace that you worked so hard to get. They don't care if you went to counseling. They don't care if you got your life on the straight and narrow. They don't care if you start going to church. They don't care what has happened. When they talk to you, they have a way of getting up under your skin. You talk to them on the phone, you start getting suspicious of other people. You talk to that negative mom, you and your husband done done great. She starts talking about him. No, no, mom, he's not like that. He's not like that. Okay, well, I'll call you later. Now y'all at the dinner table. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay. He's like, what's up? What's going on? Oh, you tell me what's going on. Why are you acting so weird? No, why are you acting so weird? Y'all been going to marriage retreats? Y'all watch Upset the Vows together? Y'all took all these notes? Everything's going great. But you talk to that one person, 
And I got you questioning your whole life. That's what a toxic person will do. They will disrupt your peace and not even think twice about it. You know why? Because they have no peace. Because they have no peace, they don't want you to have peace. Because they don't have uh, uh, health in their life, they don't want you to have health. Because they're not disciplined, they don't want you to have discipline. And they will be around your life and they don't care if your life is disrupted. Why? Because my life is disrupted. That's how they be at the... At the holiday events, right? Oh, so you got a new car, huh? <laughs> now, everyone can get a new car. They see you. You drive off feeling guilty. You better drive that car. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, how do I deal with it though, when they're talking to me? Hey, just stop and be like, hey, man, honestly, I'm just not, right now, I'm just dealing with a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just helped somebody right there. Hey, when they call you on the phone, tell them, hey, listen, I, I love to talk, but I'm just dealing with a lot right now, like literally right now. I, I, I may call you back. <laughs> this takes this to a whole new level. Now when you start talking about people, they're like, man, they're a lot. <laughs> oh, man. All right, here's, the, here's another way that you can spot a lot. A lot is not for you. Let's go back to Abraham and Lot. So they have conflict. Uh, there's, there's not peace in their relationship. So Abraham says, listen, it's not possible for you and I to be in the same vicinity. For the sake of our peace and for the sake of our relationship, um, we got we to part ways. So Mr. Lot, nephew, who's my same age, weird, <laughs> uh, pick a spot. And then whatever's left, I'll pick a spot. So you would think that this grown man who has benefited from the relationship that he's had with Abram for the last almost 10 years would look back at Abraham and say, you know what? I was, I'm just your nephew. My dad died. My grandfather died. You took me in under your wings. Man, you've been so good to me. I got all this because of you. I don't even deserve it, fam. You know what? No, you pick a place, Abraham, and then whatever's left, I'll take that. You would think that's what he would do, right? This joker was like, me pick first? Bet, fam. <laughs> oh, man, there's water. It's green. Ooh, that's nasty. I'm going to go this way. He picks the best place for himself and leaves the rest to Abraham. Can I tell you, a toxic person is just about themselves. They don't care if you worked 80 hours to get your paycheck. They want half of it because they're unwilling to work. And, and let me just straighten this up. There are times when we got to help family members. We got to help toxic people, okay? There are times where if you have, and we're going to get this into this in, in a second here, but there are times where you have to help somebody. Well, listen, if that somebody has the ability and has had the counseling and has, has made the effort, has not made the effort to take care of themselves, but they want everything from you and they're not for you, identify them as a lot. Because there are certain people in your life that they are not for you. They may, they may seem like they're for you. Hey, I'm just looking out for you, fam. No, you're not. You're looking out for yourself. That's a lot. Okay, so now that we've identified how to spot a lot, now let's talk about how do you deal with a lot. So if you're taking notes, write this down. How to deal with a lot. Number one, 
create healthy boundaries. The way to deal with a lot is, number one, create healthy boundaries. Abraham, when he was talking a lot, he didn't say, all right, fam, let's just put a fence right here. You stay right here. I stay right here. And then we'll coexist semi in the same space. No. Abraham said, yo, wherever you want to go, go. (laughs) And I'm going to pick the opposite direction. If you're dealing with a person that has been identified as a lot, you have to create safe boundaries and sometimes it means you got to separate yourself by a good distance if you don't have boundaries a toxic person will take advantage of you you have to be able to create some space between them and you so let's talk about the holiday season like how do i do this man they're family members listen avoid them at all costs to protect your own peace Create healthy boundaries. Don't let them in your safe space. If you worked hard, you've gone through counseling, you've dealt with your drama, you've, you, you've got a new circle of friends, you're saved, you've got all this stuff, protect that at all costs. Guess what? Because the word of God to Abraham was to Abraham. Check this out. The reason why I read chapter 13, verse 14 is because the Bible says that God begins to speak to Abraham and, and he further explains what he wants to do in his life, but he only does that after Abraham set clear boundaries with Lot in order to fully understand more clearly what God has designed for your life you have to make sure that you're not connected to the wrong person because a toxic person or the wrong person a lot will make the word of God to you fuzzy and when you separate from them all of a sudden now God is saying to Abraham Abraham I told you at the beginning just to leave your country but now I'm telling you to walk north and south east and west the breadth and the height everything belongs to you let him go to Sodom because I'm going to tell you preemptively there's something going to happen there but I'm going to give you all of this but I couldn't tell you what I wanted to do in your life because you were connected to the wrong person protect yourself from toxic people who don't care about the promises in your life Oh, I'm in somebody's grits. Boy, that's an old school term right there. Here's number two, how to deal with a lot. Make your interaction purposeful. If, somebody say if, you're ready. So Lot and Abraham separated. If you want to know if a person is toxic, create some distance and see where they end up. That's a word for somebody right there. Because Lot had Sodom in his heart the whole time. But he didn't want to go there by himself because he he enjoyed the benefits of Abraham more than him wanting to be independent in his own sins. And here's, here's what Lot did. Lot actually went outside of Sodom. He got as close as he could. And then years later, he ends up in it. Ooh, that's a word right there. So when Abraham and Lot separate, Lot is now in Sodom. Sodom's in conflict with the kings around Sodom. And they get into a battle. Uh, The other kings win against Sodom, and they lay siege to the city. And then they kidnap Lot. Okay, this is a grown man again (laughs) who's just been kidnapped. We have no indication that he fought back. We have no indication that he raised the fuss or raised the army and was like, y'all ain't taking me. He was like, please, please take me. 
So he gets kidnapped, right? Well, a servant escapes and gets to Abraham and says, hey, Abraham, your nephew, Lot, is in trouble again, and they have just kidnapped him. So Abraham has a choice to make. Do I interact with this toxic person who's caused me all kinds of issues and disturbed my peace and blah, 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 or do I, do I interfere into their affairs? And Abraham makes a decision. You know what? I'm good. I got 318 of the best trained soldiers we're going to go in, handle business, and get out. So that's what he does. He sends 318 of his most trained soldiers to go. They defeat the armies. They, they allow Lot to, to go back. They, they rescue Lot. And the kings of Sodom are like, hey, can we give you some presents? And Abraham says, no, I don't want to take a dime from you lest you say that you've made me rich. Why? Because God has taken care of me. Ever since Lot was gone, man, I've been super blessed. So my interaction with Lot is purposeful. I've just come here to handle business, to rescue him, to take care of him, and I'm out of here. And the only reason why I'm here is because I had the resources and I was ready to do so. But if you expect me to walk back in your life and have the same type of relationship that we always had before, I ain't doing it. I've come here with purpose, and I'm going to get up out of here. If, you, if the person that you're dealing with, that you've identified as a toxic person, has not changed, watch your interaction with them. Don't let it be back to normal. Let it be purposeful. Go handle your business. Go for Christmas. Hey, here you go. Here's your gift. Got to go. I'm dealing with a lot right now. <laughs> and get up out of there. Because here's the thing, if he would have gotten back in relationship with Lot, guess where Lot ended up again after he got kidnapped? Back in Sodom. Toxic people always end up in the same situation. Have you ever talked to somebody? You're like, man, this is the 47th time. This is the 47th, this is the 47th family reunion. <laughs> y'all, got, y'all got history, and they still hadn't changed. So number two is be purposeful with your interaction. Begin to make a game plan before you get there, what you're going to tolerate, what you won't. If a certain topic comes up that you know is your trigger, pause. Right now, I feel like I'm dealing with a lot. I got to go. Right? Don't let lot or a toxic person disrupt your peace. Here's the third and final way that you can deal with a lot. Pray for them. We're living in a culture where it's like, man, you got this toxic person. I ain't going to deal with them no more. I'm going to cut them off, blah, blah, No, let's look at the Bible and see what the Bible says about dealing with toxic people. Number one is create safe boundaries, right? Create some distance. Number two, be purposeful with your interaction. But number three, pray for them. Let's go back to Lot and Abraham. Sodom and Gomorrah is going buck wild. (laughs) And God's like, I've had it. I'm about to destroy this whole joint. He's like, man, my friend Abraham got a nephew there. Let me just tell him what's up. Let me just stop and say this. Isn't it amazing what kind of relationship we can have with God? That you can be such a friend of God that he will tell you, even though it don't affect you directly, he will tell you, hey, yo, I'm about to go do this thing. Just want to let you know. So God comes to Abraham. He's like, yo, I'm about to destroy. Like, I know he's been toxic, and I know he's a lot, but he still means a lot to you. Wow. This ought to free somebody right here. Just because they're toxic doesn't mean you don't need to care for them. So God says to Abraham, hey, 
I just want to tell you what's up. I'm about to destroy Sodom. But I know your family there. So Abraham begins to negotiate with God. He says, man, if there's 50 righteous, could you spare the whole city? This is what we call interceding. And to intercede means that you stand in between two parties. Abraham was willing to intercede on Lot's behalf, even though Lot hadn't really done him right. Because he knew that the only agent of change that would save Lot is God. Notice what Abraham didn't do. He didn't say, all right, God, give me a second. Let me go talk to him. Abraham didn't run to Sodom and try to have a conversation with Lot to change Lot's mind because he already knew, based on their history, I, there's nothing that I can say to this dude that's going to make him change. The only one that can change a toxic person is God. So Abraham says, I'm not even going to Sodom because I know the only salvation for him is you, God. So if you find it in you, save this joker. And God does. God saves Lot. Why? Because Abraham was willing to pray and intercede on Lot's behalf. If you're dealing with a person that is so difficult and so toxic that that then they're in serious trouble, the best solution for them is not to try to go have a conversation with them. If they, if they have a history of being toxic, of not changing, you ain't going to convince them in some kind of conversation, especially if you tell them like, hey, yo, your life's about to be destroyed like God told me. <laughs> Could you imagine a conversation if Abraham came to Lot and was like, yo, God's going to destroy the whole city with fire. Lot's like, man, you've really taken up the ante here. <laughs> The best thing you can do for that person is to pray for them, to intercede for them, to have compassion on them, to love them through prayer. That's how to deal with a lot. Now, I know that as I'm preaching this, uh, there are a lot of thoughts probably going through your mind if you have a toxic person you're dealing with. You may be thinking like, but I've always been taught that like, you know, blood is thicker than water and and family means everything. And this is our culture. This is how we do things. And how am I supposed to... And I'm not making light. I'm using a little bit of humor in this message. But I am not making the scenario and the situation light. I know that it's difficult. I know that right now as you're thinking about the holidays, you may be getting stressed out. I know you're trying to think like, man, I know I got, I got four lots. <laughs> I don't know how to deal with them. I know it is. And some of you may be thinking, well, you know, it's my parents. And the scripture says, honor thy father and thy mother, and it will be well with you. Let me help you really quick with the difference between honor and respect. The biblical definition of honor is that we honor position, regardless of who's in it. We honor our father and mother because that is the hierarchy, that is the structure of the family that God has designed. He has designed the family unit to be mother, father, kids. We honor that. But you have to work. You have to walk in the honor that God has given you. Right? There are some people. Let me use fathers for example. There are fathers who have abused their families. Who have done their families wrong. Who have abdicated their responsibility. They have stepped out of the role of honor. So I don't have to honor you. I honor the role. Because the Bible says if a man does not provide for his own, he's worth an infidel. God isn't saying, I want you to honor an infidel. He says, I want you to honor 
father and mother, the roles that I have designed. So this probably should help somebody when you go to your family reunion and your mom is toxic, you'd be like, man, I honor you as a, as a mother, but I ain't got to tolerate this nonsense. And you may be sitting there like, man, but how is this biblical? Well, let me, let me, let me just help you real quick. Let me give you a, a quick overview survey of the scriptures. Because God oftentimes, he elevates the promise that he has in your life above your blood relation. And sometimes he has to separate you from toxic individuals who would hinder and impede the will, his will in your life. You're like, oh, give me, give me Bible. Okay, I got you. God had to separate Joseph from his toxic brothers in order to develop the dreams that he had. God had to separate Jacob from his toxic mother and then his toxic uncle so that he could change his name. God had to separate David from his toxic brothers who didn't believe in him so that he could be king. Y'all like, well, that's Old Testament. I'm glad that you brought that up. Because I got you something in the New Testament. Jesus. Let me read this scripture. Some of y'all, Jesus. John chapter 7, verse number 5. This is Jesus. This is speaking of Jesus. For not even his brothers believed in him. In Mark chapter 6, the Bible talks about Jesus. And it says that Jesus, he's speaking. He says, a prophet is without honor in his own country, in his own neighborhood. Therefore, he could not do any great works. Why? Because his family members, his neighborhood, always just saw him as little JJ. They didn't see him as the rabbi. They didn't see him as Jesus. They didn't see him as the son of God. They saw him as little JJ. Man, what you going to tell us, JJ? How you going to do these miracles? You just JJ. To some people, I'm always going to be little Timmy. It's always funny when I run into some people that have always, they'll put you in that category because the way they start off, they say, hey, young man. And I'm like, I'm 35. Like, when am I going to be a grown man? But even Jesus had to deal with some toxic family members. And it wasn't until later, after his death, that some of his brothers believed on him. After his resurrection, they believed on him, and then they became disciples. So I'm telling you this because I know that the holidays are coming, and this is such a different message for me to preach, but I believe it's God-ordained for somebody. And if it's not for you, send it to the person that you know needs this. <laughs> send it to a lot. <laughs> hey, I know you're dealing with a lot right now. <laughs> but God wants you to know that he's a promise for your life. And he has a call for your life. And it can be in these seasons, of the holiday season. You may, you may think like, is this a real thing? Yeah, there's a term. It's called the holiday blues. And it's not an official term, but it is a term that, that really encapsulates the feelings of some people during the holidays. In fact, some research has been done. They found that 64% of people who have dealt with mental health issues at some point in their life or people who have dealt with mental issues in their life are 64% more likely to experience mental health issues, anxiety, stress during the holiday season. So this is a real thing. 
And I want you to know through scripture that you have permission from the Bible to create healthy boundaries, to interact purposefully if you're ready, and to pray for them. I want to pray for somebody right now. If you would close your eyes, bow your heads. If you're in this place and you're like, man, I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm dealing with something where I know somebody that's dealing with it. Just slip your hand up right now. If you're in the chat, man, put, put your hand in there. Let me pray for you. Dear Jesus, you see these hands that are raised. You see those that are watching online who may be entering into this holiday season with some um, anxiety, maybe some stress, maybe some trepidation. And I pray that your overwhelming peace would be upon them and that they would see to have permission to protect the promise that you've put in their lives. Even if it means having to create safe boundaries, interact purposefully, and praying for those in their family unit that exhibit toxic behavior. So I pray, Lord God, that as we enter into this Christmas season, that we would enter with peace, that we would uh, keep you at the forefront of our minds and therefore follow in your footsteps the ones that you have planted for us. We thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing, what you're going to continue to do. In Jesus' name, and everybody say amen. God bless. Thanks for listening today. If this message spoke to you in any way, please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and leave a review too. We would like to connect with you. For past messages, updates, and more, please visit embassycity.com. You can watch live on Sundays and view past messages on our YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash Church. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Embassy Irving. If you'd like to support more of what we're doing, you can give online at embassycity.com or text embassycity, all one word, to 77977. We pray you have a great week. Thanks for listening today.